to This is the Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is our prayer that something is said or done to make your walk through this journey called life a little lighter and brighter. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He looks forward to walking with you on this journey together to breakthrough, victory, redemption. Pastor Wade is anointed and experienced in multiple areas of life. God uses him to have us look at our challenges in ways we may never have seen before. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Pastor Wade Scarborough. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to This is the Day with Pastor Wade. Yo, it feels like it's been so long since we've talked, y'all. Man, I know so much has happened since the last time we had this conversation. Let me tell you, it's always an honor and privilege that you have taken your time out of your life to walk with me on this journey we call life. Listen, you know I don't take stuff for granted. Anybody that'll take the time out to join a conversation when you could be doing anything. I know a lot of us are still quarantined all over the country uh, or even, uh, you know, this podcast is a conversation is all over the world right now. So uh, I know many things are happening in different countries right now. Uh, you know, people are unemployed. Uh, things, you know, finances are drying up, you know, people fighting uh, the quote unquote COVID and uh, things like that. Then, you know, in, in the U.S., we still have social unrest and I'm sure there's social unrest in many different parts of the world. So I don't take that for granted. Uh, I know you could be doing a whole bunch of other stuff. And I just want to say to all those that are listening in, to all those that are joining the conversation, to all those that have uh, hit me up at Real Pastor Wade <laughs> on my Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter, I just want to say I appreciate you. And I just want to say thank you uh, for uh, trusting in the process, for uh, believing the, the, uh, in the God that's inside of me, uh, because uh, I just want to put the truth out there and uh, you guys uh, make it easier uh, to help me do uh, what God has called me to do. And then for those who are joining us for the very first time, man, welcome. Ah, good to—I would say good to see you, but I can't see you right now. But uh, definitely, thank you for joining uh, in as well. Um, just give you a big fat welcome. If I could give you a, a real hug, not no air hug and high fives and all that, I would give you a real hug if I could see you right now. Uh, I just want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, I appreciate you. Let me know. I'm gonna let you know what this show is all about. This is the day is about discussing various topics that the church body. That the church body, y'all, that the church, just period, uh, uh, does not talk about on a Sunday or at a Bible study or shut down from talking about uh, altogether because of the sensitive nature of the subject. All of us, no matter what we think, feel, or believe, without judgment, will not be made to feel like your feelings or opinion are not valid, and we can have a conversation freely here on This Is The Day with Pastor Way. Listen, you know my Marvin Gaye song, what's going on? There's a whole bunch going on in the world today. We got Rona, COVID, whatever you want to call it, uh, flu on steroids, if you're, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we got that going on. We got social injustice, uh, not only against black people in America, but uh, people in general. Uh, just the lack of respect we have for one another is at an all-time high. The church is divided. Don't get me started on that, because we could go another hour just on how the church is divided and paralyzed as we speak. Like, the church will not move right now or say anything right now, and it's really irritating me. We just want to go back to the old things, the way we've been doing things. Everybody just wants to get back to hollering and dancing and, and screaming and all that kind of stuff, and and don't want to really do the word uh, as far as as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we should fear no evil for he is with us. Thy rod and thy staff shall comfort us. Nobody wants to do all that. People want to hide behind scriptures right now and use it to their own benefit so they can uh, uh, feel better about where they are uh, in their faith or their quote unquote relationship with God. And guess what? I can tell your real relationship with God. Anybody can tell your real relationship God, with God uh, how you treat one another. And I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, the way people are treating one another right now, and these are people in the church. These are supposed to be Christians, even though Christians is a slang word. That's really, is really disciples of Christ. But the people that say they've been walking with God forever, that they love the Lord, that they're treating their neighbor, their brother, their brethren, sister, like trash talking about them, calling them names, saying people, your lack of faith, just because you don't believe what I believe. Listen, it's got to stop. Enough is enough. 
that's why we're going so hard talking about this conversation, how we treat one another, because it is so imperative right now. I told you in the last episode, listen, I don't know if I want to return back to church, especially not in the current form right now. We need to go to, you know, uh, Bible studies at people's homes and do it really the way the church is supposed to be, not in a building, because uh, we are the church. It's called a word called ecclesia, which means you, you're the church. It's a personal thing. It's not a, a building. So I don't I'm, I'm having issues right now. Y'all, y'all gonna have to help me through it. That's why uh, when I'm doing this conversation and we're talking, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me because I got to preach to me right now, because right now the way people I've been treated, my family's been treated. Uh, some of my f close friends, they've been treated uh, that we think the same and agree on uh, certain things. They've been treated. People calling us names. That's in the church. We've been shunned. Oh, my goodness. It's such a big deal for me right now. But listen, I got you guys. I love and appreciate you guys. And those that join us for the first time, if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, go back. This is episode 13. So, uh, no, actually, this is episode 14. My bad. Uh, so uh, we're going to do 15 of these. So there's one more uh, in this series. But go back and listen to episodes 1 through 13. I'm telling you, it'll bless your life. And trust me, you'll be after... Uh, joining this conversation and really going over the material that we're talking about, I'm telling you, you'll start to look at your relationships through a magnifying glass. Matter of fact, you'll see clearly now, like any cataracts that's on your eyes right now where you've been blinded, trust me. What I love about uh, this quarantine is everything is being exposed right now. So all the re the relationships you thought you had with people are being sh are showing up right now. Listen, there are some people that got demoted uh, in my life. I mean, they were high up on the food chain in my life, but I'm like, oh no, I can't deal with that. You've now just been exposed. You used to be my homie. Now you act like you don't know me. I'm sorry. I just had to go street on that one, but I'm just telling you things like that is exposing a lot of things. It says whatever's hidden in darkness will come to light. And guess what COVID is doing? Showing a lot of light, shedding a lot of light, shining a lot of light on a whole bunch of stuff right now. And listen, some of the stuff, I don't like what I see at all. So there's some things that we're going to have to redefine the nature of our relationship. But listen, it all comes back to how we treat one another. I still love you as my brother or sister. Listen, if we, if you want to reconcile or uh, we need to sit at the table of reason, as I always say, and, and as you know, the Bible says, come let us reason together. We need to reason together to figure out where we are in our relationship because what you have shown me as we're going through the valley of the shadow of death together is unacceptable. Oh boy, I didn't lost some friends, but you know, I didn't lost a whole bunch of friends during this time. So uh, it really don't matter. So, <laughs> Let's review. I love them. I want them in my life. But listen, if I if I got to lose friends, because the Bible is very clear, whatever I lose for the gospel's sake, God will give it back to me in this lifetime. I've lost friend before. One of my bestest, bestest friends. Listen, I told you, I still got a place for him. If he ever want to reconcile and really do it for real. Listen, we can start back right back where we were when we first uh, separated. But if we can't listen, he's giving me new best friends. I mean, real close friends. So I'm just saying, I, I'm a living proof that whatever I've lost for the gospel's sake, if I do it really God's way, he always gives it back to me in this lifetime. And guess what? I'm still here and he's given me double for my trouble. Oh my goodness. Y'all, I'm in trouble already. But uh, episode 13, we talked about, for those that are joining for the very first time, we talked about uh, personal freedom uh, uh, as far as how... Uh, uh, when you talk about the one or another commands or injunctions, we live in a society uh, committed to self-love, we said, and to each one doing his own thing, pursuing his own uh, happiness, comfort and peace. This commitment uh, to self, uh, of course, is destructive to society, to the family and any human relationship. Such a course is the product of Satan's influence and delusions and is directly opposed to the direction injunctions of scripture for the life of the Christian. We also said uh, we talked about man's viewpoint of freedom. You know, you know, man got a certain viewpoint of freedom and it's not like God's because God is very clear. Uh, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. So. We talked about uh, what man's uh, viewpoint of freedom is. And uh, we also said that Paul 
was concerned about the wrong influence of man's perspective about freedom. We also said to the world, those operating with the divine absolutes of scripture, freedom means to them the right to be and to do as they please. How, how I please, when I please, where I please. It, uh, it means doing your own thing, being your own boss. You know, everybody want to boss hogging. Everybody want to be a boss. But it's the interesting thing. Everybody don't want to take, do the things it takes to be a boss. Ah, so don't get me started on that either. Uh, also, man's viewpoint of freedom is looking after number one first. You'll always see there. I got to take care of mine. Yeah, you, listen, uh, always remember that your uh, first ministry, uh, especially have family and stuff like that, is your family. Like if you're married, your first ministry is to your wife versus any church. That is your first church, like not the church as an organization, as an institution. Don't get me started about church as an institution. That is, don't even get me started about that. But your real church, especially if you're married, your first church would be whoever your spouse is. Uh, and so that's your first church. And then your family, uh, that comes first, all that kind of stuff, taking care of your family, especially men being the head of uh, 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 the headship. You have headship in your home. You are the covering of your home. You are the visionary of the home. The woman, uh, your wife would be the stabilizer of the home. Uh, she would uh, also be the influencer uh, of the home as well. Whatever you plant in her, uh, she'll give it back to you. That's why you want to plant good seed uh, in your wife. Uh, if you want to plant love, whatever it is, you want to plant good things plant your dreams in her she'll give it back to you so those would be like your first church really in the biblical sense then when it comes after you take care of your family then uh what happens is now you reach out to uh, uh to others uh now your brethren uh as far as the uh, brothers and sisters uh in christ but i say it's bigger than that your brethren are always not only just people that are in the church your brethren are also people outside the church why because we're constantly winning trying to win people outside the church outside of who believe in God. That's what the whole thing. So we're all brethren also. And another way I told you we're all brethren is everybody that's born of a woman. You are a spirit, you live in a body and you have a soul, which is a mind. So we have that commonality before we even get to a belief system. Uh-oh, uh-oh, SpaghettiO. I'm sorry, did I say that? I must have slipped out, but it is what it is. Some people go argue with me. No, Paul talked about brethren. He's talking about those in the church. Well, praise the Lord. And, and he was. But when you look at brethren, when you talk about what is, we must share not only a belief, some, there must be something we have in common. It's a commonality. Well, one thing we all have in common, we have the same blood inside of us. The same blood. Uh, even though men and women are uh, have some technical things that are built the same and they have some pieces that are different. When you talk about both, both have a brain, both have lungs, heart, both have kidneys, intestines, stomach, circulatory system. They have a nervous system, respiratory system. They have all the same things with different nuances. So everyone that's born of a woman in this world are brethren because you share those commonalities. Listen, somebody upset with me. But it is what it is. Listen, these are the facts and they are undisputed. I mean, you can sit there and try to exegete a whole bunch of scripture all you want to, but you cannot get past the fact that we all share that in common. Therefore, you be, you're brethren. <laughs> I'm okay. I know somebody upset right now, but hey, it is what it is. Also, let's talk about we also talked about uh, God's viewpoint what God's viewpoint of freedom is. And we talked about what freedom is not. And we said Paul is also concerned that we have God's perspective. Uh, the viewpoint of scripture regarding true freedom, Christian freedom is never the freedom to sin or do as we please. Listen, some people do like to use uh, uh, freedom in God to do as they please. They didn't want to use the word as a weapon to, you know, justify what they're doing. Oh, there's so many preachers that do that. My God. <laughs> and in the middle of sin, in the middle of sin, Satan sitting there leaning on his shoulder or her shoulder, and they still sitting up there quoting that scripture. And, and one of the favorite ones they try to use is, touch not my anointed, do my prophet no harm, while they doing what they doing. Oh, boy. Listen, I'm in trouble right now. They're going to kick me out of the cloth. They're going to kick me out. They are. They're going to strip me of my title. But... It's what it is. A title's a title. If I have a pastor's heart, uh, if uh, a shepherd's heart, which what a pastor is, it has a shepherd's heart, then it is what it is. So you necessarily don't need a title. But that is the truth when you talk about some preachers or pastors or bishops or something like that, whether male or female, they can be in the middle of the sin and try to use scripture to justify the sin that they're in. Oh, boy. 
going to leave that alone. We also talked about Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brethren, <laughs> only to do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Listen, we didn't forgot that serve one another uh, so much. Like, matter of fact, they didn't put that in, not in the back of the book. They didn't tore that page out of the Bible and just like hid that somewhere because we definitely are not serving one another. I mean, um, even though there's some people out right now, I wouldn't say a lot of uh, everybody's doing it, but there are some people right now that, listen, they still out there on the forefront, really uh, uh, still feeding the homeless like that. I mean, uh, when you talk about uh, we have a, a great, powerful uh, woman of God uh, uh, in our church. Her name is uh, Sister Rose. And Sister Rose, listen, every third Saturday, uh, she out there doing her thing with her people. And then she's still out there uh, feeding the homeless and things like that. Listen, we got many different people uh, that I know are still on the forefront doing that. Listen, they still trying to navigate around all this foolishness that's going on, but they still out there trying to do their best to do God's work. And listen, anybody that's still doing that, don't get me wrong. I appreciate you. I love and appreciate you. But there is uh, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are fruit. Trust me. And especially because of COVID now, the laborers are really few yeah, right now because they want to be quarantined. Oh, we're supposed to listen to the laws of the land, blah, 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 whatever. No, we're supposed to do what God said at the end of the day. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Dang, I think I'm in trouble with that one. Yes. See, see everybody wants to forget that. We're supposed to do what God said at the end of the day. I don't care what Dr. Fauci says, CDC, the president of the United States. I don't care what they say. If it goes against what God said, <laughs> then I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what God said. I ain't going to do what they say. I don't care what they say. Listen, if, if there's something that I really need to know, okay, let me know. But if it goes against what God said, kind of like with King Nebuchadnezzar and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And here's one of the coldest statements I ever heard. See, the king, which would also represent the government, uh, told them they need to bow down to this statue. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these are three friends. They all believed in the same God. And so uh, the king got upset uh, that they wasn't doing what he said. Now, since those that want to say, uh, follow the laws of the land, okay, great. So basically, here's the king or here's your government telling you should do something that you know not to be godly, that you know not to be true. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, after the king says, we'll turn the fire up seven times hotter. And then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up and said, listen, we believe that our God can save us. And then, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, this is one of the coldest statements in the Bible. And then he said in the same breath, and if he don't, we still won't bow. My question to you is, if doing the right thing went against the godly thing, would you still do it? Uh-oh. And I'll tell you right now, it is being exposed right now in the church right now. People think they're doing the right thing, but not doing the godly thing. Uh-oh. I am in so much trouble right now, but let's keep going. We also talked about uh, 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 different things, talking about slavery uh, to one another. We talked about slavery is not the slavery that uh, we're used to as far as, especially black in black culture, uh, when you talk about you got a master and stuff like that, as far as uh, it's abusive relationship. We said slavery to one another and to God is nothing at all uh, like slavery to the flesh or the law. We also said slavery to uh, flesh and the law result in death, misery, and frustration. It causes us to be consumed, torn apart by another. Uh, also, we said on the other hand, slavery to God and one another results in true freedom and maximum blessing. We also said slavery to sin uh, is involuntary and never neutral. It is degenerative and also destructive both to self and to others. We also said slavery to the law is voluntary. It is man choosing to save himself as such it is foolish, burdensome, but also completely helpless to change our lives from inside where it really counts. We also said slavery to God and to one another is voluntary, but it is a product of love and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thus, it becomes a source of glory to God and joy. Peace and blessing to, to self and to others. Listen, we also said uh, what true freedom is. We said freedom is not the right uh, to do as one pleases. Listen, y'all better get that straight. Just because you're free, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there 
is liberty. But that doesn't mean you get to do as you please. It says, the, but the power and the capacity both to will and to do as one ought. True freedom is never freedom from responsibility, but responsibility not only for choice, but right choices. Freedom is an inner contentment with who we are in Christ and with what we have. It means to covet only heavenly treasure. It means the willingness and ability to allow God to be in control of your life. It means single-mindedness, which turns the control of one's life over to Christ, which in turn frees us psychologically and volitionally to follow the Lord. It means the liberty for self-responsibility to both God and man under the grace of God. Good God almighty, y'all. That is the review from episode 13. And now we ready. We're ready, y'all. Y'all know what we do. What's our tradition? Oh, boy, I need to stop with traditions. We got too much of that going on in church right now, too. Traditions and rituals that people, we don't even understand why we do it in church. It ain't even biblical. But that's another story. I'm going to leave that alone, too. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. Ladies and gentlemen, as always. We're going to take off in this plane together. Make sure your seat and the tray tables are in their upright locked positions. If you feel any turbulence on this flight, that is only God shaking up at the very root of everything that does not need to be on this plane. If you're listening with somebody, look at them, say, you ready? Look back at the other person, say, I'm ready. Then let's go. Listen, we're going to talk about uh, things that we should be cautious about. A warning against a license, like per se. We also go talk about Galatians uh, 5 uh, more in depth today as it pertains to one another. So a warning against a license. And this is what I mean by that. A philosophy of license always results in uh, non-loving, selfish, or exploitation that ignores the needs of one another and acts in ways that are harmful to the body of Christ and God's purpose for the church. So to this end, Paul writes in Galatians 5, 13 through 26. Here we go, y'all. We have the commandment, serve uh, one another by love. Well, let's talk about love fulfills the law. So when you talk about Galatians 5, uh, 13 through 15, uh, it says, for you were called to freedom. Brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 14 says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. See, concerning Paul's explanation of this, verse 15, uh, a guy named Warren uh, Weiserby, uh, that's spelled W-I-E-R-S-B-E, he writes, and says this. He says this verse gives the reason for uh, the above. When you talk about, quote unquote, the word for uh, is a particle of explanation. It says freedom in Christ does not ignore the law. It fulfills uh, its holy demands through that which is in essence love for one's neighbor. If you love people because you love Jesus, you will not steal from them lie about them, envy them, or try in any way to hurt them. Good God Almighty. Let's look at that, y'all. So, if somebody says they love you, because love is an expression, they won't steal from you. They won't lie about you, lie to you, lie on you. They won't envy what you have. And they won't try in any way to try to hurt you. Now, you may get hurt uh, uh, accidentally. That's sometimes that's possible. Sometimes somebody may say something that you, they didn't know would hurt your feelings or something like that. But they wouldn't uh, mentally abuse you or verbally abuse you or try to do that intentionally. Also, it says love from within through the ministry of the spirit with the scripture as our guide for how love acts fulfills the law y'all come on listen for all y'all talking about if you want i don't know uh he loved me i don't know if she loved me well listen do they do they ever say kind words to you or are they always talking negative about you do they ever inspire you or 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 say anything inspiring are you motivated are you happy when you see them do they say are they kind are they patient uh do they always uh when y'all in disagreement do they bring up uh because you know love keeps no record do they always bring up old stuff uh-oh yeah, 
they always bring out that the laundry list of things that you already done. Well, that's not love. If we're talking about how we treat one another and you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself, that's not love. So people trying to say, I don't know if they love me. Well, look at the fruit. How are they treating you? What is your experience uh, of the love that you're receiving from them? And would you really call it love? Oh boy, they don't like me now. Also, we talked about consequences to avoid. We said the carnal Christian, the cannibalism. Here we go. Galatians 5.15. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. When do we not serve one another? We invariably end up devouring one another. This is the alternative. It seems there is ultimately no neutrality. Either we live for others or we live for self. Listen, don't get mad at me, y'all. That is what it is. All I did was read the scripture. I'm just telling you. You can choose, but that is probably one of the truest statements you ever hear. When we do not serve one another, we invariably end up devouring one another. This is the alternative. It seems there is ultimately no neutrality. Either we live for others or we live for self. That is the quote of this episode, y'all. That is without question the truth. Listen. These are the facts and they are undisputed. So either you're going to live for others or you're going to live for self. That's why I always say there's no such thing as a give and take relationship. The word is a give or take relationship. Either you're giving or taking. There's a give and receive. They are on the same side. But you know the world lives by the thing, well, relationship is 50-50 and that's not the truth because there's another 100% out there. A relationship is 100-100. If we're talking about a relationship is 50-50, excuse my language y'all, but they're half-assing the relationship. Yes, I said it. Did, they're going to be like, did the pastor just say that? Yes, I did. I, to get my point across. So you can understand that we in this society are just doing stuff halfway. Look at the mentality. That's what the world tell you. Even some of the most quote unquote relationship uh, experts be saying that 50 50. You got to bring 50 50. No, it's 100 or 100, bro. It's 100 100, regardless. Stop giving or taking, it's give and receive. Because I could give somebody something and guess what? I, they could give to me at the same time. Even if they don't have anything tangible, they can give me their gratitude. Ah, see, y'all see, listen, if y'all don't want this, if y'all don't want to talk for real, that's really what happens in a relationship. But I know everybody like, what's in it for me? They always listen to that radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me? Oh, let's move on, y'all. Also, we, let's talk about our confidence, uh, God's provision of the spirit. Well, Galatians 5, 16, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now, herein lies the secret. Watch this, not through the terrors of the law. You know, all you legalistic Christians out there right now, ooh, be pharisaical right now. Just the law, whatever the law is, what the law say, don't even know the law. Talking about what the law say. Listen to the law of the land. Do the law of the land. Don't even know what the law is. But I'm going to leave that alone. Not through the terrors of the law, but through the personal ministry of the Holy Spirit will victory over the flesh or the sinful nature be experienced. Listen, you can try to be legalistic all you want, but it's really about the uh, letting the Holy Spirit help you navigate through this thing. Yes, there are laws. Laws are, are there to keep us in check. But there are sometimes there are laws that are created that's just created by man uh, or uh, people like to be legalistic. And what happens, is it kills the spirit of the man or the woman. So therefore, God has no freedom to move because they're being so legalistic, just like with the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. Uh oh, uh oh. Listen to this. The command walk by means of the spirit walk quote unquote i'm doing my quote unquote in my in the air my bunny quote y'all walk is an imperative uh a command though not under the law we are not without the responsibility of right choices as a command it also implies the ability to do so in the greek text the tense is present continuous action pointing to the need to walk moment by moment step by step in dependence upon the spirit quote unquote by the spirit points to the holy spirit as the agent and the means and thus the strength by which we are to live our lives do not get mad at me 
I'm just telling you. Sometimes we can be so legalistic and high and, and, and caught up in our rituals and legalisms and traditions that the spirit of God cannot move. And therefore it affects how we treat one another because it affects not only how we treat God, but now it mirrors in how we treat our neighbor. Because don't think you're just treating your neighbor bad. The same way you're treating your neighbor in God's opinion. And that's the only opinion that matters. That's the same way you treat him. Now, I know somebody said, no, I don't treat God like that. And he's looking back at you saying, yes, you do. You're just not seeing it right now. Because if you're being stank and, and mean to your neighbor and you're talking about your neighbor, you're doing the same thing to God. You just don't know it yet. Because that's God's measuring stick. It's how you treat your neighbor. How do you love me whom you don't see and you don't even love your neighbor whom you do see? You sit up there just treating them bad, talking about them just because they don't think what you think, believe what you believe. You just, you're just stabbing in the back spiritually uh, right now. And it's just so heartbreaking to see that uh, just, uh, uh, just across the board, all over the country right now. That's why we got this matter, that lives matter, black lives matter, all matters. Listen, that's why we got all these different factions and, and sex popping up. That's why uh, uh, lines have been drawn in the sand. Just listen, we got division running rampant everywhere. And I told you in the last episode, the real virus is not COVID right now. It is not Corona right now. The real virus, the one that's really killing everybody right now is hatred and division. Right now is the number one killer right now throughout this country, throughout the world right now. Hatred and division is killing people and having more lasting effects than any virus ever could. Uh-oh. Should I stop now? I should stop right now because listen, I don't know if I have any friends left. Do you, anybody still love me out there? Listen, won't y'all hit me up at Real Pastor Wade on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade. Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. Just show me some love. Can you do that for me? Show me some love. I'm going to show you some love back. Show me some love, y'all. Let's keep going, y'all. Let's talk about the promise. And it says, and you will not carry out the lusts of the flesh. And quote unquote, will not is a word means O-U-M-E, uh, is a strong negative of denial. It means not at all or carry out. Uh, it also means teleo. Teleo means or spelled T-E-L-E-O. In the Greek meaning, bring to an end, finish, bring to fruition or perform, accomplish or carry out. The lust of the flesh refers to the problem we all face of the continued activity of the sinful nature, the propensity for sin that continues to exist even in the life of the saved. While we are never entirely free in this life from the evil desires that stem from our fallen human nature, we can experience victory over them through the Holy Spirit. Listen, only way we're going to get over the lust of the flesh, y'all, is we got to really uh, be work this thing through the spirit of God. Because, you know, the flesh only seeks pleasure and avoids pain. And I hate to tell somebody sin feels good. Uh-oh. Somebody just said, did the pastor just say that? Yes, yeah, sin feels good. That's why we keep doing it, because it feels so good. And it goes against everything uh, that God wants for you. Always remember the flesh that you're in only seeks pleasure and avoids pain. So the only way the battle is we want our spirit man or woman to really take control. That's why the Holy Spirit is our comforter, our counselor. It is our guide. So if we do it the way God said it, the Holy Spirit would guide us. And then when those fleshly things come upon us, what happens is if our spirit man or woman is strong, then therefore we'll be able to overcome it. That's why I remember in the last episode, we said somebody needs to be in the word at least a minimum of three years straight. Minimum, if they want to uh, uh, reach that uh, level to where they can master, uh, or not master, I should say, to where uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, has control of them. They, you got to practice it for a while. You got to let the Holy Spirit do it. And uh, you need at least three years minimum. Because even in, when you talk about it, because I'm a network marketer at times and uh, build businesses and things like that. I built a financial company, all that different kind of thing. So what happens is one thing that we used to teach for anything, for anybody to be a master of anything, it takes 10,000 hours. And 10,000 hours is the equivalent of five years. If you want to master 
anything. Well, at least in the word, we say at least be in the word for three years straight. That means getting your daily word, reading the word, applying the word for three years straight. Like more people watch the news. They've been watching the news for 40, 50 years straight without question on, on like clockwork. But if you talk about how many times they went through the Bible, how many, if they even read a Psalms today or Proverbs, they'll tell you maybe once every four or five years. Yeah. Or when I go to church on Mother's Day or Father's Day or Christmas or, <laughs> or New Year's Eve service. I mean, how, how are we ever going to expect the Holy Spirit to guide and lead us if we're never uh, walking and applying it? We may hear great scriptures, but you're, we don't know the power of it. Oh, boy. I'm just trying to help y'all. Listen, here's our conflict. The struggle between the flesh and the spirit. Galatians 5, 17, it says, for the flesh sets uh, its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition of or to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. <laughs> I, I can do whatever I want. Uh, well, praise the Lord, but not in God. <laughs> There are boundaries that long as you don't go outside these boundaries, you can do whatever you want. Now, see, that's what people don't like. Well, why I got to have boundaries? Because God said so. Because he knows, it, listen, he already did it the one way with the, uh, in the Garden of Eden. Listen, y'all can do whatever y'all want. Just don't eat from this tree. What they do, ate from the tree. Listen, he gave you limitless boundaries. You can do whatever you want. He just said, don't touch this. As soon as he put a boundary in, this is the only thing you can't eat from. You can touch it, that's fine, but you can't eat from it because that belongs to me, it's mine. What do they do? Ate from it. <laughs> See, even from the very beginning, once boundaries were set just for our freedom, I know that's a that's an oxymoron right now. What do you mean boundaries are set and then I can be free? Well, what happens is you had this whole garden full of fruit and vegetables. Do whatever you want. But you had to have this free. That's why they call it the fruit of the forbidden tree, <laughs> which is not it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But it's the tree that you weren't supposed to eat from. But the other trees didn't look pleasing to you. Only the one they say you can't have. <laughs> but that's our flesh. That's humanity right now. That's that's where that's the state that we're still in right now. Also, remember in the in this verse. Paul explains why we need to be walking by the Spirit. That is, to have a life controlled and energized by the very Spirit of God. The explanation is found in the fact of the raging conflict going on between the Spirit and the flesh. Though we are judicially dead to the sinful nature and its power and can experience the deliverance of our new life in Christ, though our union with him, and that, you can find that in Romans 1, uh, Romans 6, 1 through 14, and the power of the Spirit, the sinful nature is nevertheless not eradicated. Bartlett has a good word here. He writes, watch this, the acceptance of Christ in the heart will inevitably provoke a bitter and determined resistance on the part of the old sinful nature, which hereto has had everything its own way. Don't get mad at me, but that statement is true. <laughs> Think about it. He said the acceptance of Christ. Once you receive God, once you receive Jesus, your Lord and Savior, he's saying, because uh, anybody that's ever heard me preach alive or anything like that, I always tell you, uh, a, a couple of things. One, anytime you're looking at the text, um, always look at what the writer or the evangelist is trying to say, uh, and then also what God or, or Jesus is doing in the passions. And then I says, where the battle happens is uh, there's the study of God, which is theology, and psychology, which is the study of mental behaviors, why we do what we do. That is where the clash happens when you read the word, because the study of God, God's way of doing things, his theology is now going to clash with your psycho, with, with your psyche, with your mind. So that is where the battle is between God and the devil is your mind. That is where the battle is. So he's saying right here that the, when you accept Jesus into your heart, it will inevitably provoke a bitter determined resistance. It's that's your psyche trying to resist it because you have practiced mental behaviors that you do, that you're accustomed to. And then here comes God and his theology saying you need to do it another way. So this is where he says the determined resistance on the part of the old sinful nature, which here too has everything, had everything its own way. 
nor will the flesh be put to sleep and by the fond delusion that it is dead and buried. He also says it is imperative for our spiritual growth that we grasp the fact that the old nature is not removed or reformed at regeneration. Failure to understand this elementary fact frequently plunges the new convert into needless bewilderment and even despair of his standing before God when after a peaceful period of triumph and fellowship with Jesus. He stumbles into the old sins and faults. He fancied and had been vanquished forever with the older Christians. This error often operates to affect quite different results. Persuaded, watch this, that they cannot sin. Adherents of the heresy of sinless perfection will deny that those practices are sinful, which is the word God plainly denounces as sinful. He who thinks he has reached perfection, good God almighty y'all, is the victim of an illusion, indicating that he is desperately in need of a new pair of glasses to forestall threatening blindness. I didn't write it, but that's the truth. Without question. Listen, all I'm going to do, like God said, he said, I set before you life and death. You choose. All I can do is we can just talk about it. You can just let me know what your opinion is. I'm going to let you know uh, what my opinion is based on uh, the text. And then uh, there's my truth, your truth, and then there's the truth. Listen, you're going to have to determine uh, what's true for you or not. All I'm telling you is those that is right on right there without question. Because it's also taken from the text. I just told you how a lot of people are, are legalistic, especially in church. A lot of people want to use scripture to hide behind, to uh, uh, be legalistic and also validate their sins sometimes. Okay, but we're going to move on. Let's also talk about conquest. Deliverance from the law through the spirit. Uh-oh, Galatians 5.18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Again, this does not mean Christians are without responsibilities and imperatives to obey the Lord said. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The point is we have a new means of living. Just as justification is not by the works of the law, so sanctification cannot be achieved by human effort. The believer is not spiritual because he keeps a set of principles or imperatives. He keeps the imperatives of scripture because he is spiritual. Listen, you want to keep the law because you're spiritual, but you can't be spiritual if you're just going to be legalistic. I hope that makes sense to somebody. So what happens is when you are spiritual, when you have a connection to God, listen, whatever the laws of the land are, you want to do your best to follow them. Absolutely. But there are times, and we're living in them right now, where the laws of the land start to conflict with who God is and what God said. There's a few laws right now that conflict invariably with what God says. But people still want to follow the law versus actually looking what God said. I remember uh, at church, I had the privilege uh, of teaching. Uh, we have a minister in training class. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, I had the privilege to be able to teach the, the, the ethics class of uh, our ministers in training. And this last class that we had, uh, the theme of the class, even though we were going through ethics, but the theme of the class is what would God say? Because, you know, a lot of them, uh, a lot of the ministers that were coming up had a lot of questions. And so what happens is this is a very unique class. It was a very special class, actually. Um, they had a lot of questions. We were getting into a lot of deep conversations and they would ask questions. And then my answer, and it started with one of the questions. My answer was, well, what did God say? And, you know, at first the class was looking at me. What are you talking about? What did God say? Let's see what God says about the issue, because everything that uh, uh, we want to know what God thinks about it is in the word. It is there. But sometimes we don't want to take the time and look at what God said because we may not like what he said because it's going to go against how we feel. Uh-oh. My God. So what happens is we got to go back with what God says. And so when you talk about uh, this being led by the spirit and not being under the law, listen, God, Jesus came to fulfill the law. 
That's why he blatantly went out and did everything against what the Pharisees and scribes uh, said to do. That's why he healed on the Sabbath when he wasn't, when technically he wasn't quote unquote supposed to. He did everything to show them, listen, God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is not anything like this legalistic stuff. Nothing like it. And he came to show them that. But right now we got a lot of Christians right now that want to be legalistic and really don't know not even the laws of the land, but even what the word really says about it, because they don't want to look at it because the word is going to contradict how they actually feel. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised my phone ain't ringing right now, y'all. Yeah, that's that's going to hurt. But it is what it is. These are the facts and they are undisputed. Again, this does not mean Christians are without responsibility or perilous. What the Lord says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me. Listen, Jesus said 10 was too many. <laughs> he said two. He nailed them down for two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. It says these two, all the prophets and the law hang on these two. These two. And you know what? People talk about there's stuff missing in the Bible. Uh, how we know it's accurate? Well, listen, forget what's missing in the Bible. We can't even do two right now. Two right now in the middle. Look at where the world is right now. If we just did those two things right now. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Where would we be? There would be no Black Lives Matter right now. It would be no protesting uh, right now. It wouldn't be no people calling people anti-maskers, anti-vacciners right now. It would be none of that. There would be no lines drawn in the sand. We would be working together. We would be reasoning together. We'd be trying to figure it out. How are we going to do this together? But no, commercials want to tell you, listen, if somebody don't wear a mask, they don't love you. That is that man. That is from the pit of hell. That is satanic in nature. You mean to tell me uh, if I don't wear a mask, that means I don't love you. Shame on you. You should know I love you by the way I treat you, not because I put something on. Oh, God. Long get me started, y'all. Also, we said to be under the law is to be under the authority as a rule of life and thus to try to keep it as a means of sanctification. Also, here are two characterizations. We said the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. Oh, it's going to get juicy now, y'all. Here it comes. Galatians 5, 19 through 23. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are. These are, this is how you know when somebody's in the flesh, y'all. Right here, it's telling you. So when you see these things, it's saying these are evidence of those that are operating in the flesh. Here it go. I did write it. Don't get mad at Pastor Wade. Don't listen. I didn't write it. It's Galatians. You can look it up yourself. 5, 19 through 23. It said, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. We got a lot of that right now. Disputes. Good God Almighty. Are there some disputes right now? Dissensions. Woo! I didn't write it, y'all. I didn't write it. And factions. Oh, my goodness. I ain't even done. But if you want to know what you can we see, what we seeing right now, if you want to know what you're seeing, are there outbursts of anger? Because, you know, we're in an election year. So, you know, people got upset about that. Lines have been drawn. Then. What about disputes? Oh, my goodness. You, you know how many disputes we got going on. Listen, black lives matter. All lives matter. White lives matter. This matters. Uh, uh, mass, no mass. Uh, uh, Republicans, Democrats. Oh, my God. Everything. D cats and dogs. It don't matter. There's disputes everywhere. Dissensions. Man, there's so much dissension in church right now. And, this, and we're supposed to be leading the forefront right now of brotherhood, of love, of showing the world how to do it. This is why we're missing the mark. We're missing the moment right now because we're supposed to be on the forefront showing unity right now, showing the world how it should be done. And we got dissensions between factions. Oh, my God. We got so many factions going everywhere right now are growing and getting stronger as we speak. Then let's continue, y'all. It says envying. Oh, yes. 
drunkenness. I ain't get into somebody's boozing, whatever you if you're drinking, carousing, and things like these, which I forewarn you, you just as as I have forewarned you, those that practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I didn't write it. So if you see any of those things, that is someone or a group of people operating in the flesh. Now, what does operating in the spirit look like? Well, it says in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against these. There is no law. But let me bring some revelation to that. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Stop. Is love. Now, most of the time when we teach in church, we always say there's uh, one fruit and nine different characteristics. I'm here to submit to you. There's really eight different characteristics of the one fruit. I know somebody said, what are you talking about? No, there's, there's nine different characteristics. No, there's one. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. Now, what is God? God is what? Love. Now, this is talking about fruit, you know, like a grape that's on a vine. Also, it says, he says, I am the vine. Jesus said that I am the vine. Now, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave. So his love expressed. So Jesus would be the ultimate expression of God's love. Now watch this. But the fruit of the spirit is love. If Jesus is the vine, that means the whole vine is love. And guess what? The expression of the love is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the one vine, the one fruit is love. And the other eight are the expression of that love. These are the facts. <laughs> and they are undisputed. I'm just saying, I'm just giving you another way to look at it. God showed me that one day. I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. I just stopped it in spirit because there's a comma after love. So we usually the spirit because the spirit is is capitalized. So it's talking about God's spirit. So uh, and it says is love. Why is love the first one? Because he's the true vine. And God is the vine dresser. For God so the love that he gave his only so love expresses. So therefore, the fruit is love. But the expression, the other grapes that are hanging from that vine are joy, peace, Patient, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, self-control. Against there is such no law. Also, we said contrast of source or means. Flesh versus spirit. One or the other is dominant. Understand this, y'all. You're going to be ruled by something. You're going to be ruled by something. You're going to serve something. That's why you like you can't serve God and mammon. Listen, you're going to love one or hate the other. Well, the same thing with the flesh. You're going to love one, hate the other. One thing is going to rule you. Either your flesh or your spirit is going to be dominant. Second thing, contrast of results or effects. Works. Let's talk about them works. Points to human resources versus fruit. Points to inner life and the result of nurturing the spiritual life and divine resources. Also, Number three, a contrast of characteristics and blessing. The works of the flesh, which is in 19 through 21. These three forms, or uh, these uh, form of three categories, which are, however, only a small illustration of the activities of the flesh. And note this, and things like verses in verse 21. You got to understand this. One, sensual sins. Them sensual sins, y'all. Come on, y'all. That's, that's one of the categories, sensual sins. And what are the sensual sins? Immorality, impurity, sensuality. Versus, in verse 19, then there's drunkenness and carousing. Then let's talk about the superstitious or the religious sins. Idolatry and sorcery. Oh, and let's talk about these social sins. Here we go. These are really those connecting sins when you talk about relationship sins, these social sins. This is what's going on right now that you're seeing in the world, on the news, live in the living color, or when you meet people that are actually come around you, if they do come around you, they're acting like you got some disease worse than uh, leprosy, 
uh, right now, but social sins are enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger and disputes, dissension, factions, and envying. This by far makes up the largest category with the most of these involving the heart and mind and man's relationships with people y'all so let me get this straight central sins immorality impurity sensuality drunkenness carousing so a lot of those you can actually do by yourself then superstitious and religious sins would be like idolatry sorcery things like that so you practicing magic or uh witchcraft things like that or you're idolizing something you can do that at home people idolize athletes things like that entertainers all that kind of stuff or somebody one of their favorite uh somebody of influence but these social sins, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, and envying, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's about seven of them right there. Six, seven of them, y'all. Just in that category right now. So everything comes down relationship, how we treat one another. If we would just clean up, come on, y'all, work with me. If we would just clean up the social sins, Enmities, being at odds with each other, strife, the strife that's between us, the jealousy, oh my God, we got that going on, outbursts of anger, self-control will control, will, and the fruit of the spirit would help that, outbursts of anger, disputes, if we would just come reason together right now, dissension, factions, envying, envying right now, if we would just clean that up in the social sins part of the scripture, we would be fine. That would take at least about 70% of our problems away right now. Oh, they don't like me right now. Also, we said the fruit of the spirit, which is verse 22 through 23. Fruit, quote unquote, is singular, which suggests that these nine qualities form a unity. When one is missing, the whole is spoiled. The, these, they form three categories. Listen, watch this. One, conditions of the mind or mental attitudes, which form the foundation or the soil for all others. Love, joy, and peace. Okay, watch this. Category two, action towards others involving our relationships with man, which is patience, kindness, and goodness. Watch this. Category three, qualities in relationship to self, which affect us in our relationship toward God uh, and others. And self, which is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ladies and gentlemen, if we would just break it down that way. So the first category is conditions of the mind or mental attitudes which form the foundation or the soil for all others. Love, joy, and peace. Then when you talk about actions towards involving our relationships with man, with each other, patience, kindness, and goodness. Then when you talk about qualities in relation to self, which affect us in our relationship toward God and others and self, which is faithful, gentleness, and self-control. We should know that with each heads, the list is love. Love is the whole thing. Love is the whole vine, y'all. Love is not just one of the characteristics. Love is the characteristic. It is the fruit. The others are an expression of love. This is the Greek for agape and is spirit produced, sacrificial, mental attitude kind of love that flows from biblical thinking but stressed by the control of the spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, all I'm doing is just giving it to you. Listen, don't get mad at me. <laughs> Understand this. Let's talk about the crucifixion, the foundation for transformed living. Well, Galatians 5.24 says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This does not refer to the self-crucifixion or the self-mortification, that which man does in the energy of the flesh to overcome the flesh. It refers to the truth of Romans 6, 1 through 14, the truth of believers' co-identification with Christ through the baptizing work of the Holy Spirit. You can read that also in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. The work which is positionally and judicially unites us in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection so that while the flesh is still active, its power is broken with the result we can walk in newness of life. The flesh still is alive to us 
as the context makes perfectly clear, but we are dead to it and we can, through the spirit, have victory over its desires. Listen, that just preach itself, y'all. Let's move on. Our cultivation. Let's talk about an exhortation to cultivate a walk by the spirit. Galatians 5.25. And we almost done, y'all. And if we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Since the emphasis is clearly on the fruit of the Spirit, the need is the cultivation of the spiritual walk. Note the condition or the comparison. Since regeneration is a work of the Spirit of God, something man cannot do, so also is daily sanctification, resurrected, transformed living. Walk is a word called stokio, which is S-T-O-I-C-H-E-O. -E it means to be in rows, that means of waves, plants, uh, and men to walk in the line and keep in step, especially of a marching and a file to battle. We are to keep in step with the spirit, step by step. Our walk is to confirm to the spirit's control, enablement and direction. Listen, I didn't make this up. Next thing, our challenge, exhortations against non-loving one another actions. Galatians 5, 26 says, let us become boastful. Let us, oh, I'm sorry. See, that's why you got to make sure you're looking at it right, y'all. This is how some, listen. It says, let us not become boastful. <laughs> devil, get out of here with that. See, I want to blame it on the devil. I just misread the word, but I want to blame it on the devil. See how religious we can get real quick? I just, look, I just looked at the word wrong. The devil didn't do that. I'm going to leave that alone. But it says, Galatians 5, 26, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. When actions like these exist in our lives, it is clear and evidence that we are not walking by the Spirit regardless of what we claim to know or believe. When we are acting like this, we are not serving by love, but walking by the Spirit. And we are done, y'all. And let me wrap this up by saying this. This is then the way to serve one another and experience true freedom, the freedom to follow the Lord by faith in the finished work of Christ, by faith in our identification in him, by faith in the ministry and power of the spirit of God. God sets us up free from the from domination. Of Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to This is the Day with Pastor Wade on any podcast platform that you use. Will be obedience to one another's commands of the New Testament. Many churches today, don't get mad at me, are what we might call preacher oriented rather than body oriented. Only the pastor or special teachers uh, share the word of God with others in the church. The people come, listen to a sermon or, or a lesson and then depart and spend little or no time with other believers in a situation when they can love one another in the sense of these one another commands or injunctions. Please do not misunderstand. Don't say Pastor Way says, oh, we shouldn't have church. Don't say that. Don't misunderstand. It is good and biblical for pastors and other teachers to expound on the word. You'll find that in 1 Timothy 4, 6-13. This is a vital necessity, but according to New Testament, every member is to be contributing to the building up of the body of Christ in both informal and formal settings to provide opportunities to love, encourage, or comfort, build up, and serve one another. No matter how large the staff, the church staff, can begin to do work needed to properly care for the body of Christ as can the body itself as God has designed. That's Ephesians 4 and 16. In fact, one of the jobs God has assigned to church leaders is that of training others to minister and build up the body. That's Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. No matter what your gift or gifts are, get involved in your local church and in the lives of others and in the lives of others, because they are the church. Oh boy, I'm gonna leave that alone. In the sense of these one another injunctions or commands of the New Testament, God wants to use you. You are vital to the spiritual health of the church body. And if you are a church leader, evaluate your church structure to see if it's designed to promote the function of the body. Ladies and gentlemen, I pray that you enjoyed our time together as much as I did. Thank you 
for tuning in to episode 14 of How to Treat One Another. I thank all of you for your love and support uh, and responses. New episodes were released every Thursday on iTunes and Spotify at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, West Coast, Best Coast. <laughs> Please remember to subscribe and don't just listen to these episodes just once. Get them ingrained in your spirit. And remember, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Also, for anything to become a habit, psychologically take 60 to 90 days, 66 to be exact. Remember, in all thy getting, get understanding and then practice implementing what you have learned and listened to. Applying how we treat one another is the only way we can turn it around for good. A special thanks to my man. You know him, Kevin Clayton at I Am Music Group for producing the show. Erica Duff for the artwork. She's amazing, y'all. Also, the Flow Therapy Morning Show with Coco B and Frank Nitty on the Uncommon Gospel Radio Network. They, they support me. They, they play uh, uh, all of my podcasts uh, on every Sunday uh, on their network. Definitely go listen to their show. Uh, they do an amazing job, Coco B and Frank Nitty. Also, Alex Teamer, a.k.a. A-Team for the baseline. Pastor Warren Campbell, that's my pastor. I love him. And also Lena Bird-Miles for This Is The Day intro. And get up mornings with Erica Campbell. First Lady, love you. A special shout out to all the California Worship Center family in North Hollywood. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day on whatever podcast platform you use. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade. And Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. Remember to post any subject titles you would like to discuss on This Is The Day Facebook page or feedback on my Facebook or Instagram stories of what you thought of the conversation. Always remember, God believes in you, and so do I. Till next time, this is the day. This is always the day for breakthrough, victory, and redemption. Whoa.